Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Ladies and gentlemen, that sound is on the air, and you know what it means. That's right. It is Attitude Air Live time, and you have you got it. That's the icon. That's me, and we have uh, Granny Hulkster as well. How are you, Granny? Good to have you with us. Well, I'm happy to be here tonight, and I'm happy that my Chiefs ended up beating those Chargers last night. Never underestimate what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey can do for the Kansas Touchdown Raiders! Not necessary, big swing. That was not necessary at all. You know how I feel about those nasty Raiders. I am very happy, though, that my Chiefs pulled out a win yesterday. Well, you know, unfortunately, Granny, uh, Matthias and myself. Uh, Matthias, how are you? Well, after a uh, long work week and uh, a very crazy weekend full of wrestling and injuries and the Vikings losing on Sunday, um, I'm just ready to have another live show. You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Cowboy? Well, I'll tell you, uh, uh, look, uh, and we'll get to Granny here in a second, but actually, Matthias, we kind of deserve that because we did uh, bet against uh, uh, the Crusher, Olean, and we did uh, bet against the Big Swing, and we did fall short. I wasn't expecting it to be that short of a downfall on the football field this weekend, but it is what it is. However, uh, I do believe that we will bounce back. And, you know, the inter- well, I, I don't believe. I know we will bounce back. And if you look at it like this, uh, who's more? Uh, who's got a better chance to win their division, us or the Cowboys? Well, clearly us. Clearly us. Exactly. The sad, the sad thing is about the Dallas Cowboys. Now they uh, they decided to lay down for Green Bay, and uh, they decided to beat us. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, we'll. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, Big Swing will be calling in later tonight. He's going to play his little sounders. He's going to call and rub it in later on. I'm sure he will. And we can talk about that later. One thing I do want to talk about quick, though, before I uh, I give our guest list, who would ever thought that you'd see this? In our division, the Vikings are 8-2, and two, first place. Detroit, 4-6, second place. Green Bay, 4-7, third place. Chicago Bears, 3-8, and eight, fourth place. Who would ever thought that Detroit would ever be over Green Bay listening to the standings for any reason? Yeah, that was quite a that's quite a shock, but you know, you never know with the uh with the years going on and you know, the players and stuff like that, you just never know whenever it's uh, another team's time. And let's uh, give kudos to Granny's team. Uh eight and two, Kansas City, first place, Los Angeles Chargers, five and five, second place. Las Vegas Raiders third and six, three third and seven <laughs> three and seven and the Denver Broncos tied at three and seven. Basically, that's a one division uh, or one team division, just like us. 
Uh, I don't see any of those teams catching us. I, I really, not, it's not really mathematically possible, I don't believe, because there's no way we're going to lose that many games to uh, falter on there. And let's look at uh, the Cowboys. Shall we take a look at that? Uh, Philadelphia Eagles nine and one. They should have lost this last weekend. Uh, Dallas Cowboys seven and three. New York Giants seven and three. And Washington Commanders six and five. That division has more of a um, more of a competitive nature when you think about it compared to record compared to ours. I um, I think that uh, um, the well. Uh, the the Eagles uh, are, are clearly number one in NFL right now. We're number two in everybody else. <clears throat> there, there's still that possibility that uh, uh, we could uh, still take the number one spot over Philadelphia. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see how uh, how Philadelphia's uh, schedule plays out. And we got about uh, 15 minutes here, or 10 minutes here before our first guest calls in, so let me go ahead and run those down for everybody. If you uh, go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to Ken's FM page, 89, uh, 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month uh, donation, Power of the Tower, get you automatically qualified to win a past guest, current, uh, current guest, or future guest. And speaking of guests tonight, we have Pierre Hard. Uh, we have Judy Carmen and we have Tyler Morrison. So we have a comedian, an actress, and a director. Uh, and uh, we're going to entertain the masses tonight before the holiday season. We can talk about uh, we can talk about what's coming up. Uh, anybody got any big plans for uh, Thursday? Uh, Granny, I'm sure you're going to be cooking up a storm and uh, no, uh, making. No, uh, I'm not. I'm not, not going to be cooking for free people. We went to Kansas over the weekend and saw my mom. They had a nice Thanksgiving dinner at where she lives that Saturday. So we went up there Friday, spent the night, checked out of the motel, went over there and had dinner with her Saturday night and then came back to Arkansas on Saturday. So uh, that was our Thanksgiving, basically. So I think we're going to get together with some friends maybe over the weekend for a Thanksgiving dinner, but I'm not cooking not for three people. Sorry, not gonna do it. Uh, how about Matthias? What do you got going on uh, for Thanksgiving, buddy? Well, I have to travel back to my hometown of Hazen. Uh, I'm gonna go see the folks for the day, and then on uh, Friday I defend my Diamond Championship in Mandan, North Dakota. So they're all gonna follow me down to the show, and then uh, Saturday I'll be heading back to the Fargo Moorhead region. Oh, so you, so you are gonna be wrestling on Chaos Friday. Uh, yeah, Black Friday. We have Black Friday Five at EWI in the Purgatory Gym in Mandan. So, well, and who are you wrestling? You said uh, I don't know yet. Uh, it's an undetermined card. Uh, it's a, it's a twenty four seven title. So it's basically whoever wants to show up to fight me for it. Uh, as long as they got a referee with them, they can challenge me for it. So no, no so not only do they uh, they can challenge you for it, they have to bring their own referee, huh? Yep, they have to have a referee present to say, I challenge you for the Diamond title. And the thing is, it's a 24-7 hardcore title. So whenever somebody wants to challenge me for it, then it's a hardcore match. Anything goes, no rules, that kind of thing. You know, I've always been I've always been kind of curious about that. Now, they have to uh, bring their own referee to challenge you for the title. Yep. 
does this referee have to be a proven referee, or can they just uh, show up wearing a, a referee shirt and a Halloween costume and say, hey, I'm a referee? I mean, I've seen people challenge for it that just brought their friend and was like, hey, do you want a referee? And as long as they got the stripes, as long as they got an official-looking ref shirt, they know the rules, like they're, they are capable of being a referee. Not to give anybody ideas because we want to ha- help you hang on to that title, but wouldn't that be interesting if a guy dressed up as a referee challenges you and counts you down themselves? I mean, that could always be a possibility, but they also have – but, I mean, they could try to do that, but technically, I mean, it is no rule, so, I mean, that would be a very strong loophole in the system. We've never had that happen <laughs> before, so I guess we'll see. All right. Um, you know, one thing I you know I think would be cool is uh, – uh, you know, and, you know, it'll never happen because I, I want to keep peace here on the show. But one, one day I might show up and challenge you for that title, uh, you know, and then uh, um, you can uh, bring a referee down here to Ken's uh, F- FM radio station and then you can pin me right in the studio. I think that'd be, uh, I'd be, I think that'd be a real <laughs> ratings winner, you know. Absolutely. Anyway, so, uh, Granny, since you're not, uh, uh, unfortunately, you're not cooking, because I, I know that you are a good cook, I, um, I myself, uh, will be spending the day with my sister uh, and her family and uh, both my sisters and my parents. Just getting together, you know, we, we usually try and get together, uh, you know, three times a year. We have three holidays in our family. We have uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we have Christmas, and we have the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is generally uh, a holiday for us because that's when everybody we know seems to show up at my sister's doorstep because my sister puts on the most excellent Super Bowl party. And, uh, Matthias, uh, hopefully you'll be around uh, for Super Bowl this uh, this year. And I would, uh, if uh, she has a party, we would definitely like to extend that to you. Okay. Have you join us for that? Well, like it's always depending on my booking because uh, I'm actually starting to introduce myself and getting more bookings other places, so... If, uh, if I'm free, then I'm I'm more than sure down to have a little Super Bowl party because I haven't been to one in quite a while. Well, you know, I'll tell you, you won't, uh, you don't want to miss uh, this one. Uh, she, like I say, she puts on a pretty good show. Hopefully, one of our teams, whether it be, well, it's not going to be the Cowboys, but uh, hopefully the Vikings or the. Well, actually, you know what? It uh, it could come down to the Vikings and the Chiefs. That has happened in the Super Bowl before. Wouldn't that be something? That would be interesting. Uh, that would be that would be a, a, a tension a, a tension filled week on the air between us and Granny. Let's, let's hope for that, um, and we'll see what happens. We got about five minutes here before our, our first guest shows up. In the meantime, there's something else that uh, we're buzzing about here in Fargo, North Dakota, on 89.1 Kent's FM. Our NDSU Bison drew the number three seed in the FCS playoffs. This uh, uh, this, see, uh, this season, uh, and it looks like we'll be taking on the winner of SEMO or Montana Grizzlies. I'm actually hoping that uh, it's SEMO because we, you know, the Bison have played the Grizzlies before. I, I like to play teams in the playoffs that we've never played before, teams that we've never seen before. It'll be really awesome to see the SEMO Redhawks uh, join us, and it looks like um, our first guest is calling in here shortly. And uh, we're going to take a quick little break, and uh, we'll go to our guest after we hear these words from our message. Um, uh, uh, these words from our sponsor. Uh, give us about 30 seconds, and we will be back after we hear 
this message. Smells not working. Okay. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, the man behind the camera stepping out in front of it to talk to us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time. He is Pierre Hard. Yes, thank you. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. How are you? Awesome. Good, good. This is Pierre Hewitt speaking, and uh, you're listening to Attitude Era Monday Night Live Monday on 89.1 Kens FM with, well, you know your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Halster, and the modern nightmare himself, Matthias. Thanks for having How me on the show, you, guys. Pierre? Yeah, thank you well. for joining us. All right, so here's what we're going to do, uh, Pierre. Would you prefer uh, being called uh, Pierre, Mr. Heard? Uh, how would you like to, oh, uh, to address fine, you? Please. We're all friends. Pierre is fine. As a matter of fact, I love your name. That's one of the reasons why we – no, I'm kidding. Uh, so if you can give us a little background about yourself, uh, and then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and I'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Uh, so give us a little background about yourself. Well, um, you mean uh, my movie work? Well, whatever you want to tell us, and we can fill in the blanks with questions. Well, um, I come from a small um, uh, town in northern New Brunswick, and when I went to university, I was fortunate enough to meet some very, very interesting people that got me interested in the arts, and uh, that kind of led me into visual arts, and uh, I developed a passion for filmmaking, and thankfully, I had some friends in the industry who were able to give me a, a leg up. And I uh, kind of uh, went into that for a while. Uh, I worked a lot of rock shows as a roadie. I did a mini tour with uh, Metallica and several other bands. I lived like a gypsy for a long, long, long time. And uh, right now, I'm, uh, I'm living a new adventure. Uh, I'm planning uh, a lot of different projects whenever I can. And I'm also seeing about, um, oh, yeah, go ahead. Are you guys still there? Okay, cool. I heard it beep. Yeah, um, and as as I said, you know, I'm a single uh, I'm a single dad, so that's uh, that's been an excellent adventure as well. I have a beautiful daughter uh, named Julie, and my son's name is uh, Alex. Hey guys, and uh, yeah, I've been as I said, I've been fortunate enough to be around very, very talented people, and a little bit of that. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, you know, you have a couple uh, uh, cool films that uh, we will talk about. Uh, you've done Bloodshed. You've been ben, uh, Benoit. Uh, you've done The Night. You've done Chopsticks. So you've done The Anonymous Zombie. And uh, then we'll uh, talk about some of the projects that you're doing now. Uh, when, you, uh, when you were making these films, uh, uh, obviously, they're uh, of the horror genre. Uh, is there um, is there any uh, special thing that goes into it when you uh, when you put these uh, ideas on paper, then put them from paper to film? 
Oh, he uh, he dropped off. I think He's we lost there. him. I think we lost him. All right. I wonder what happened there. Um, let me. I heard um, like a click or something. It's, I think we lost him. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get, we'll get him back on the line. Uh, I, I know that where he's at, I believe there is a storm going on right now. Um, and, uh, well, he's not in Buffalo, New York. But, uh, uh, by the way, did you guys uh, happen to see my Facebook uh, post on that, uh, how much snow they got in uh, Buffalo, New York? Did you guys see that mm-hmm. post? Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm actually glad that we don't have that. Um I'm going to try and call our guest back here one second. Uh, if you guys want to talk amongst yourselves real quick, I'll try and get our guest back on. Okay. Well, Granny, what's, well, been, going on? what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Well, we've had a little, couple little dustings of snow, not much, but it's been cold. And like I said, I got to see my mom over the weekend and... So uh, it's been it's been okay. I mean, hi. Thanks for calling back, guys. I think we're okay. All right, uh, our, our guest is back. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sorry about that. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties here. I'm way up in the Great White North. That's all right. Uh, can you guys hear our guest? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Yep. All right. So uh, now, uh, I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay. I don't know if you heard my question, but uh, when you decide to, uh, when you get an idea for one of these films that you made, when you go from your head to paper and your paper to film, uh, what is your what is your process when you uh, are coming up with these ideas and getting ready to make the films? Uh, I find I get inspired a lot by music. Uh, I'll be listening to a song and I'll get an idea and jot it down, or um, even I'll be driving sometimes and just kind of introspecting and I'll get an idea, and again, write it down. I have a book full of crazy ideas, and for every 10 crazy ideas, there's one that I can actually shoot. Um, but I've also got to be aware about constraints, right? I mean, my movies are low budget to no budget, uh, so I have to keep in mind that there won't be any spaceships or Death Stars in any of my films. Well, you know, you you mentioned that, how, you know, your your films are low budget, but when uh you have you have to uh when you go in and you know that you have no budget and you want these films to be well, a box office uh hits what 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 are you, what is your main uh goal to make it a box office hit when you have no budget to start with well you need to have a good story that's for sure and uh, I've never had uh, any real serious uh, big budget hits, but I'm fortunate enough to know people who have. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Jason Shipley and all the boys in Halifax and uh, my man uh, Dean. Uh, Dean and I have been working on a lot of uh, documentary style work with uh, indigenous uh, populations. So I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of that type of work. You know, speaking of uh, Jason Sipley, do you think maybe you can get him on as a guest uh, on our show? I don't know. You'd have to reach out and uh, ask him. I know he's a very, very busy man. He's uh, he's on uh, Canada's most wanted list. For a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> oh, a, a good thing. He's probably one of the 
I might be going out on a limb here, but he could be one of the one of the best up and coming directors in the country right now. So watch out, guys. He's coming. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, when we're um, when we're done with the, when I'm off the show tonight, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you, uh, and then I'm gonna talk to you more about that, and we'll see what we can do about hooking that up. So uh, what? Um, uh, we mentioned uh, your products, uh, projects, you know, Bacon and on- Anonymous Zombie and Chopstick and The Night and Benoit and Bloodshed. Would, of all those, I guess Bloodshed was your most popular, correct? Uh, yes, and uh, Anonymous Zombie is doing really well, too. That one's on a couple of streaming stations right now as well. But I'll tell you what, out of all those, um, Benoit was definitely... Um, my most important project and probably one of my hardest. I had the privilege of working with uh, Lex Jigorov on that. He was the producer and the writer as well as the director. And um, I was fortunate enough to act in that particular film. And um, I learned more on that shoot than probably everything uh, on my experience combined. Uh, Lex is a movie and TV making machine. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him a few years back, and uh, God rest his soul, he's up there, and I'm sure he's directing something, or he's watching football, and he's cheering the, the Dolphins on, or he might not, depending on how he's feeling. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk more about that film, because uh, the, the movie was called uh, Benoit, and uh, you actually played the tire, uh, title character Benoit, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, before we do that, let's do a little uh, a round table. Uh, Granny uh, Hawkster uh, uh, is with us, and uh, what do you have for our guest? Uh, Pierre, go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us tonight. What Thanks, is Granny. your favorite? Oh, you're welcome. What is your favorite? thing about directing or even acting I mean what's your favorite thing about it I really enjoy the process Um, when I get an idea in my head and I can I can vocalize that to uh, a cohort and after a while turn that into something tangible that I can show other people uh, it's uh, it's it's quite a it's quite a feeling, uh, and it's the creation, right? I mean, it's um, I still feel amazed when I think about projects that I've done, and how they really just start with a little a spark or an inspiration or a thought. Uh, yeah, it's the, definitely the process for me, Granny, and all the wonderful people that I get to work with too. I mean, I've been privileged enough to work with some. Great, great, great people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we Thanks have, for asking. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, we have Pierre as our guest here, and uh, we are on 89.1 Kent FM, and uh, we have, um, well, we have about uh, 22 minutes here with our buddy here. And uh, what? Uh, before I bring on Matthias, there is one thing that's interesting. Uh, we, we were talking about uh, Benoit. Uh, the movie was actually released uh Twelve years ago this month, it was actually released uh, November seventh, uh, uh, twenty ten. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, that sounds about right. Okay. That and, was uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. 
Yeah, you know, and it sounds like that uh, you like doing horror films, and uh, we have our, our resident horror film genius here, uh, and his name is Matthias. And uh, what do you have for our guest, Pierre? Go ahead, Matthias. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, my God, who the hell is? I'm going to do that every time. I'll I'll let this sound play out every show. Um, But, yes, welcome to my part of the show. Um, As a fellow um, movie fan, a fellow uh, movie maker and stuff like that, what was who is one of your favorite uh, influences uh, growing up that led you to the point that hey this is what I want to do I want to act I want to make movies that kind of thing who's one of your bigger influences? Um, well, I love all the early guys that used to use uh, practical effects. Uh, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. Uh, I remember, oh man, there's so many films that he made. Uh, I mean, countless. I mean. For me, what stands out, uh, I love Escape from New York. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Escape from L.A., but I, I, do, I did enjoy uh, Snake Plissken. And I do have a soft spot for um, Hammer films. I, I kind of grew up on that because every Saturday uh, in my hometown, every single kid went to the movie theater. And it was always a double bill. And there was always the Three Stooges at the beginning, and you had that other little movie in the in-between. But I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, some of those Hammer films were, uh, they scared the pants off of me. Mm-hmm. So then would you say that a uh, horror movie, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, horror movies would be your favorite genre of film? Uh, I do enjoy horror movies. Oh, my God, sure. who the hell cares? Go ahead. That I'm was sorry. very ill-timed. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, I'm hanging up on the big screen right now. I'm finding, I'm finding um, that the newer films are more uh, visceral, uh, as in older films, like especially Alfred Hitchcock was great at building tension. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have to see her guts spilling out into the shower just having the knife and the sound was horrible enough because my mind took over. And I'll tell you what, my mind can come up with things way crazier than you're ever going to see on film. Absolutely. And then uh, what was that film again that you said that, like, well, is there a film that will always get to you? Like, whether it's a horror movie, a scary movie, whatever it is, like, there's, is there one that every time you watch it will still get you to either jump or, or cringe at something? Uh, and you can't see your parents on the show. Know what? That'd be too easy. I really like Friday the 13th. Uh, it's, it's, that was, when that came out, I was, uh, I was, that, I was one of the little kids uh, hiding under the blanket, but I wasn't allowed to watch the films. So I had to get someone else to rent it for me on the old Betamax. Okay. Uh, there was, a, I was going to say, because there's a film that, <clears throat> that I, I grew up on slasher films. So, again, the Jason, Freddy, Michael, Leatherface, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I there the one movie that will always get to me, and it's not even because it's like scary or gory by any means. It's just the original Hatchet film, starring one of my favorite Jason actors, Kane Hodder, as the main villain. Uh, the second killer in that movie. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the first Hatchet film at all? 
Yes, yes, actually, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think Kane Hodder's been doing a lot of really good things lately. Okay, so do you remember the uh, the second kill when he rips the woman's uh, mouth in half? No, I don't, but okay, I'll, I'll so, take your word for it. I've seen it a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, you see the uh, you see both of his hands go into her mouth, and then you I can see like the cheek oh, ripping, and I'm like, yep, yes. yep, yep. I can't like every time I I just I feel my cheeks ripping at that fact because it's like you know when when you open your mouth too wide and your your jaw locks up, we'll just think about that going even further than that. And it's just yeah, no, thank you. You know what we uh, we did a scene in in bloodshed as a, as a, not an homage but very similar to that with a shovel. And you know, having hearing you say that, this is going to sound a little bit uh, cheesy. But when I saw the Evil Dead, you know that scene where the guy gets the pencil shoved into his ankle and it's twisted yeah. around. That's the yeah. one that, no matter how many times I watch it, I cringe. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's like it's not even like oh it's graphic like oh there's blood or whatever. It's like you you just feel that pain. And it's like, oh, if you've ever been like, you know. if you've ever, mm. it's like, if you ever like hit your ankle or your shin on something and you see like it get poked on, you're just like, ah, I could just, you could just feel that, oh. that pain. And it's like, you're feeling it along with the person that it's happening. And you're like, thank God it ain't happening to me. I know. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, and that's the one thing I like about horror movies because it's like, they're the films that get me to feel the most, get like, get my interactions with it. I can watch, like, comedies, you know, and I'll get to laugh. Or, you know, if I watch, like, kind of a sadder movie, sometimes it'll get me in the feelers. But, like, watching a horror movie and just seeing what could happen to a human being, like, you know you, you'll see a person get, like, a cut on their hand or something, and you know what that feels like. But it's like when the, when that pencil got shoved in that guy's ankle, you're like, how did they come up with that? Like, the, the creativity oh. behind the, the directors and stuff was just, is just unreal. Especially with the zombie oh. films, like when when they do the when they do the gut spilling out, or they're doing the ripping apart scenes, it's like the the stuff that they could come up with is just unreal. Oh, it's amazing, really. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I get a bit of a unique perspective. Um, I used to um, uh, work at a, a healthcare facility here, and um, for a while, my job was to accompany uh, bodies to the morgue. So um, that would help me when I make films because, uh, unfortunately, uh, I want to get it right. And if I am having a cadaver in the scene, well, I know what the eyes are supposed to look like or whatever. Now, needless to say, uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, and, you know, I've kind of moved away from, from that type of, profession I guess but uh, I'm still interested in, in healthcare and for uh, for a horror guy I, I do like helping people and uh, I, I certainly do have a heart and you know what I think a lot of uh, horror directors and producers and even actors if you really uh, look at them as people they usually have a great sense of humor as well oh absolutely absolutely uh, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM here. We've got about uh, 14 minutes here left with uh, our, our guest here, Pierre. Now, one thing I, I do want to ask you, uh, Pierre, is uh, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, projects that you have now, and then uh, Matthias and I uh, will try and get a job with one of your next projects. But uh, 
Uh, one thing I do <laughs> want to ask you about is the, the TV show Star Hunter. Uh, you know, you uh, you appeared uh, on one episode. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I think the series would have lasted a lot longer if you had made more appearances. But what what oh, is your uh, what do you make what is your main comparing contract uh, from doing uh, stuff on the small screen to the big screen? Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, when I did Star Hunter, we shot that in a little um, town uh, called uh, Minto. And um, a lot of the locations uh, were built on site. And I was actually crewing that. Uh, I was doing lighting. And there was uh, an opportunity that arose where... Um, a slot opened up for an extra actor, and fortunately, I had somebody on the set who knew uh, that I had some experience and uh, that I wouldn't just stand there like a gibbering idiot, although that has happened in the past. Uh, and I, I got uh, an acting opportunity, and it really opened up my eyes and gave me uh, a thirst for trying to develop my craft and maybe try to take it a little bit more uh, seriously. Because in the past, I kind of took it for granted that I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. It took uh, a genius like Lex Jigorov to kind of slap me into shape and make me realize that uh, I kind of had a knack and that I owed it to myself to try to develop that as much as I could. And I, I have tried to do that. And you know, I I, I have seen uh, I have seen a few episodes of that, and you know, you 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 talked about uh, low budget graphics. Uh, that was uh, I mean, it was a good show, but it did have definitely have uh, 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 low uh, low budget graphics, as they would say. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Michael Pere was the lead actor in that. I mean, he was great. I mean, I I can't say enough things about Michael. We had an incident on set where he accidentally uh, kicked me in the face during a rehearsal for a stunt, and uh, thankfully I didn't get hurt, but he he thought he had connected, and he was so uh, apologetic and sincere, uh, it was uh, very uh, heartwarming, to say the least. So, uh, I'm just kind of curious now, whenever you... uh, Whenever you, uh, whenever you, uh, you have like uh, group chats and you go to like Comic Con stuff, you say, "Hey, guess what? I got kicked in the face by Michael Barr." Well, first off, I've never been to a Comic Con in my life. Uh, it's uh, I, my uh, the extent of my traveling uh, post films is usually to film festivals to see if anything I put in there might or might not get a a, a, a mention, so to speak. Um, on our end here, we have, it's almost an underground film community. We're making features, we're making short films. Uh, some of us are getting lucky and getting small distribution deals, but nobody's cracked the Hollywood uh, secret yet. Although, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there are people you need to watch out for from the Maritimes that are rolling in. 
So let's talk a little bit. we got uh, Pierre as our guest here. we got uh, about uh, 10 minutes here with Pierre on 89.1 Ken's FM. You go to our Facebook page, Attitude Air Monday Live Monday, you like that. Go to Ken's FM, 89.1 page on Facebook like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you uh, qualified to win an autograph from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, now, Pierre, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Uh, sure, absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, what uh, if any projects that you going uh, got going on now or working on that you can talk about uh, that we could uh, uh, get people uh, to uh, uh, support you in masses. Well, I've I've got a couple of irons in the fire, so to speak. You kind of have to do that when you're an independent filmmaker. Um, I mentioned earlier I'm working on some documentary work uh, with my. Uh, my partner, Dean Francis, and um, I shot a documentary this summer. Um, it's a wildlife documentary on um, uh, a local uh, marsh that was uh, accidentally emptied out. And uh, we there was a lot of uh, wildlife that was displaced, and I was fortunate enough to kind of be there while that was all happening. So being a filmmaker, I wasn't planning on making a documentary, but I certainly took advantage of the situation and started shooting. And when is that due to be released? Or is it out right now? I would like to, well, I, I would like to have everything finished up by next spring. And then we're going to release it most likely film festivals and then online. Um, my, uh, we have a group here in, uh, in Fredericton and in the New Brunswick kind of area where we're all uh, helping each other work on projects and uh, hopefully we could have another feature coming perhaps next summer, but nothing really definite and certainly nothing uh, worth discussing. Well, let me ask you this. So if someone uh, like myself or Matthias or, you know, Granny uh, wanted to come work for you, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> I, I know that those guys would expect uh, uh, some big bucks to come work for you. But uh, me, you know, as long as you give me a couple hot dogs and a place to sleep on the set, I'm, I'm ready to go. But if someone wanted to come work for you, what do you look for uh, if uh, before you to hire somebody? Well, um, what I've learned basically from being hired by other people is uh, you got to have know what you're doing obviously don't lie if you if you're not sure uh, when you show up for the job if you're if you're applying for a job as a production assistant and you've never been on a movie set before tell them that and you might be able to get an accommodation um, I I would strongly uh, Suggest anybody who's really interested, uh, poke around your independent film in wherever area you're in, and you'd be amazed at how many people that are involved in indie film are actually involved in commercial film as well. So it's, it's good to have contacts. Now, you need to have hard work ethic, honesty, and I mean, you need to work hard. There's the uh, misconception that film work is all champagne and sunglasses and director's chairs. You ask anybody worth their salt in the film industry, and they'll tell you it's one of the hardest jobs you can have, but it can also be one of the most fulfilling. 
Well, well, let's uh, let's uh, 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 go on that a little bit. What what would you say is, uh, uh, in your opinion, the most difficult and the the easiest part? Oh, uh, any location outside. You're at the mercy of the weather. Uh, you know, uh, at that, you you shoot when you can. And I'm a big fan of uh, the the dogma style of shooting. Uh, I like using natural light and uh, as uh, uh, as little bells and whistles as as possible. Now, of course, uh, when you're doing interiors and such, I mean, you need to take lighting concerns into account. But whenever I shoot uh, exteriors, I really, really enjoy natural light. Now, I'll understand if uh, you, you don't want to answer this question, but what is uh, one of the uh, major goals as a film director that you want to achieve? Well, it'd be nice if I could make a film and be able to pay my rent with that money. That would be really cool. That's awesome. Now, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're living in an independent film world, right? I don't know anybody who makes indie films that is rich. That's not really why we're doing it. Uh, it's great when somebody appreciates what you do and you can monetize that. But I'll be honest with you, if I was doing this for the money, I would have quit years ago. I do it for the passion. I do it for the bumps and bruises I get along the way. I do it for the wonderful relationships that I make. And hopefully, if I can keep on with those values and, and my work ethic, which is getting better and better all the time, maybe I'll get that big Hollywood break. But that's not where we're at right now. And, uh, I mean, the indie world is huge. You look online, there's movies everywhere. So uh, I'm swimming in the stream, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really yeah. enjoying it. And I'll, I'll take whatever the tides bring me. Now, uh, as a as a independent film director, uh, would you say it's uh, uh, a, a lot more wide open nowadays uh, because of all the different uh, uh, you know apps and stuff that uh, you know like Roku and uh, Netflix and do, do you find it it would be more easier to uh, uh, to get your picture out there with all the different uh, uh, genres that you can uh, submit a film to? Absolutely. Yeah, the, the streaming services are, are, have been awesome. I mean, Netflix pretty much kicked the door open for that. And as you said, you got Roku and you've got the Android TV and there's all kinds of free programming on there. And uh, those are the services that are picking up uh, films that I'm part of and that my friends have been uh, 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 lucky enough to be part of as well. And I'm proud of that. I've been a fan of B-movies all my life. If you want to put me in the B-movie category when you're flipping through Tubi and you want to watch Anonymous Zombie or something like that, I will, I will wear that like a medal. And uh, so we can do this. If our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? All I got is Facebook. Uh, I don't like uh, all the extra platforms, it's too much to manage, and I'm sure you guys understand that. But anybody can Definitely. reach out to me at Pierre Heward on Facebook. That's P-I-E-R-R-E, Heward, H-U-A-R-D. And if you guys want to reach out and be my friend, that's great. We can talk about movies or wrestling or hunting or fishing or whatever you want. 
Well, you know, uh, Pierre, there's one thing I, I do want to let you. Uh, I, I do want to extend to you. If you have a, a an upcoming project, uh, at, whether it be uh, next month or next year or whatever it is, uh, we would like to have you back on the show to talk about that, so we can uh, get people out to help you support uh, to support you and uh, help you bring your uh, your projects to more uh, larger masses. That's great. Thanks, guys. I really, really appreciate that. You know, from, from one indie artist to another, uh, it's, uh, it, that will go a long way. We can all support each other and share in the, in the spoils, hopefully. Well, you know, I guess as an old saying, you've got to start somewhere, whether it be at the top or the bottom, right? Well, whoever got to the top had to start at the bottom. You know, and it's all about momentum, right? I mean, there's different people at different stages in the industry uh, that are doing their thing. I mean, uh, I'm not the most prolific filmmaker in the Maritimes. Uh, I'm not even close. There's a lot of people with a lot more skills than I have. I just happen to have a bigger mouth than most of them. Well, you know, I will say one thing, though. You're uh, you're an awesome guy, and you're a nice guy, and I appreciate your friendship, and I do thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight. And, uh, uh, you know, you're just a joy, and uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate everything that you do. Oh, man, thank you so much. That's so heartwarming, and you guys have been great. Granny, you've been awesome. I'm so glad I got to meet you and the icon, even the big swing. You know, Matthias, you've been great. I mean, I, I feel your passion, Matthias. You know, I, I wish I could see you in action. Well, man, you know, whenever uh, we got an opportunity, we would get you up here to the North Dakota area, or if I come near a state near you, I'll let you know because I'm, uh, I'm going places now. I'm going to bigger and better places, so, you know, Whatever, maybe we'll meet together, and maybe you can uh, you can boo on me or something when I walk out to the ring. Uh, yeah, man, I love your energy. And I, I love it. And I, I, I'm not a wrestler, Pierre, but I am a big, huge <laughs> wrestling fan, and Granny does not like the heels. So I, they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break the hip, or they'll say, don't you have a person with the nursing home? And I just tell Uh-oh. them, I just tell them to be quiet. Yeah, well, you well, know what? I, you put them in your place, Granny. I do. Well, I have to. Right. Well, I, you, I have to. Well, I'll tell you what, Pierre, you've been awesome, sir. I do uh, I do thank you, and uh, we're definitely going to have you on again. If uh, you'll join us again, if we didn't scare you away too much, we'd love to have you back. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a total, total pleasure, and I've really, really enjoyed being on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Pierre. Thanks for coming All right. On. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our buddy Pierre. Uh, you can't beat that. Uh, it looks like our next guest is waiting wings. We're going to take a quick little timeout. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsor, and uh, then we're going to continue this fun show. Give us about 30 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have another actress with us, and she is a beautiful actress, too. She's Judy. is here on 89.1 Kids FM. She is Judy Carmen. Hey, this is Judy Carmen. You're listening to Attitude Error Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kids FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hoekster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Well, how are you, Judy? Good to have you with us tonight. Well, thank you. What a great group of people. Well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, your your thought on that might change here in about 15, uh, 30. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have Judy Carmen as our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. we got about uh, 28 minutes with uh, Judy. So here's what we're going to do here, Judy. Uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then uh, uh, we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. All righty. My name is Judy Carmen. I'm an actress, but I'm also a co-producer for Dream Cinema Projections, LLC, in in Los Angeles. So I kind of do both sides of the of the of the uh, game here of the product of the production side, the business side, as well as the um, as the creative side. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles, but I'm born and raised second generation um, in San Diego. So this is kind of a um, a venture I took a little bit later in life after spending many years in the corporate world. I think I've been really working on this all my life, and I was very fortunate to meet somebody that has a production company and was growing his production company and here I am today. And uh we do uh we do appreciate uh, you being on the show with us tonight and taking time out of your schedule. But uh you know, uh I just gotta ask, uh and then we can uh we can go on with the other stuff. But uh you know you said you were from San Diego and now you live in Los Angeles. Are you more of a uh uh are you glad that uh, the San Diego Chargers moved to LA so you can continue to follow them? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I do watch them here in LA. I'm not going to say I don't watch them, but being a second generation San Diegan, um, you know that was just so much part of San Diego, and it's just hard to get used to them being in Los Angeles because we tend to lose our our teams over in San Diego. But that one was a kind of a crushing loss. That really was. I know. I know. Ask Dan Fouts. He'll tell you. Uh, we need to uh, oh, take a quick yeah. little. Uh, yeah, we need to take a quick little legal ID break, and we'll be right back. Okay. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo, Moorhead, and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, a legal ID with a music bed. That's awesome. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's uh, talk to Judy here. I want to talk to you uh, uh, talk to you about a few of your projects, and then, like I say, we'll do a roundtable and we'll come back to me and ask you a, a few questions. But uh, some of the projects that uh, you've done, uh, you've done the tests, uh, the vision, yes. uh, the con man and the cougar, uh, permanent vacation. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, apparently, you like to have uh, movies that start with the. <laughs> that way <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are uh, th- yeah those are some of the ones that I did on my on my acting side when I started taking up the uh, the um, acting side and move out of the corporate world yes <laughs> now is there one of those that uh, you uh, 
you uh, would like plans to gravitate more towards than the others? One like one that you were like well, really actually, proud of compared to actually, actually, there was two of them. I did my first um, when I did the test. That was kind of interesting because I actually went in his background and they ended up pulling me out. And I was actually mother of the bride in the film. I didn't have any lines, but I was quite a bit into the into the film. So that was a that was a big thing for me. And because I have myself on Google Alert, which is wonderful, because anytime anything pops up on the internet, I'm alerted to it to make sure what it is first. And that film, they actually got it some distribution on it, and it went to um, it went to the UK. Besides being here, so that was kind of one that that um, that meant a lot to me. And I think the other one is Permanent Vacation, because actually that was done for a um, a like a it was a, a like a film festival, and it was done fairly quickly, like the 24-hour film festivals do. But this was a 72-hour one, and the and it was written. It was actually done um, on a monologue that I wrote, and it had to do with my dad. And so it was kind of – it meant something to me in that particular sh- um, short that I did. So those are probably my, my two big ones that I, that I did. And I think the other thing that was kind of cool when I got here to Los Angeles, I actually was on the Marie Osmond show when she had her, her talk show, and I was doing this – they had a mom gene type of um, – thing they were doing and talking about jeans for moms, you know, that are older and stuff that don't make you look frumpy kind of thing. And so I actually got to do that, and that was like a television thing. So that was kind of fun when I first got up here. That's awesome. Uh, Judy Carmen's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got about uh, 23 minutes. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, my co-host, and I'm going to uh, ask you about uh, your upcoming pro- uh, the project that you're working on now. I can't wait mm-hmm. to talk about this. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Judy Carmen? Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us tonight. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Granny. And I just want to tell you that, um, one of my dearest friends here in L.A. is actually Mr. Wonderful Rock Riddle from the wrestling. Oh wow! Wow, so he's, I've known awesome. him. I've known him for a while. Nice guy and a tremendous guy. Can you hook us up with well, him I'm to, not, have, be a, to be a guest on our show? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about. I'll, I'll, I'll call you after the show and we we'll could, talk yeah. about that. But go ahead, Grant. Okay. What do you got? I'm not a wrestler, but I am a wrestling fan, of, a big, huge wrestling fan of the sport. So um, mm-hmm. what has been one of your favorite movies that you were a part of? Um, I, would ha- I would actually have to go back and say, um, for me, in the, in the beginning, was the test. And I think the interesting part about that, it was filmed, it was filmed in San Diego, and like I had mentioned before, um, I actually got pulled out of doing some extra work and got the role of the mom of the bride in it. So um, oh, wow. that was kind of a, a, a fun start um, for me. And also I did um, my first 24-hour film. Um, they have a film festival every year, and that was one of my first things that I did too. And that kind of got me, got me going. And so um, I made my move you know, up to L.A. after that. But there was a part of me, because I do have a business side, that um, I love the acting side, but I was kind of hungry to find out what was going on on the business side. And it's not one of those things, it's not one of those things that are like, I wish I had a manual, but there is no manual. So I kind of came to Los Angeles and um, by myself, didn't know anybody, and was trying to figure things out. 
and um, at that point, I was very fortunate, and um, and I'm a big networker, and I come like old school networker. You meet people, you build relationships, business. I've done this all my life, and I was very fortunate at an event in Los Angeles. I I belonged to another organization called the World Networks, and they were having a, a, a Toys for Tots event. And I went there, and I met this gentleman that has a production company. is Ray Michaels Quiroga. He's the CEO of Dream Cinema. He's also known as Ray Sir Michaels. And I met him, and I followed up with him, and I sat down with him, and I, you know, gave him my acting resume. But he says, well, what else did you want to do? And I told him, I want to learn the business. And I probably, it was a good year before I really went to work for him, but I was, he was asking me to do some things. I was kind of showing him kind of what I could do because really you take your skill set, your business skill sets, and take it to another, you know, um, another line of work. And so I kind of did that, and I've been building with him, and it's been, I've been very fortunate to learn from somebody that has done it all. He's done every aspect of the of the acting world. He was an actor. He's a fifth degree black belt. He, and he decided um, to start his own, you know, production company and he has films out there. So I got somebody that was willing to work with me. You don't find that very often. And he's no, very ethical, don't. which is huge. Very, very huge here. Cause I'm a very ethical person. And so I was fortunate to work with him and learn a lot of the business. And I work very closely with him now, and he was expanding, you know, his business. And I kind of wanted to be a part of that. So I kind of, I kind of took that on. And um, it's been one of those, those stories that someday I'll probably sit down and tell somebody because people will be, how did you do that? But I will tell you, you know, I, I'm all about the Internet and everything else, but there is a solid line of going out there and networking with people and meeting people and then following up and building relationships. And I'm still a firm firm believer in that because I grew up like that. My dad was a businessman. I knew that and I've really taken a lot of my old school side and brought it over to this industry. And and believe me, the industry is like none other because there are no rules. But you've got to keep things very you gotta really center yourself and and keep and keep who you are and not lose who you are. Because Absolutely. it really is a business. And you can't it can really, it can really destroy you, and I've seen a lot of people get destroyed, and it's sad to see it. Um, um, people do that because it isn't. I, I realize people run on egos, but I also realize emotionally it's very, it's very difficult. But there's a business side that most people don't understand. They just think, oh, we're going to film, and when's a you know red carpet event when you do the premiere? But the business side drives a lot of things, so a lot of things aren't always personal. But people in this industry take things personally. And I try to explain to people, you don't really want to do that. You want to do what you can do, but realize it's not always personal. There's things you don't know about. And um, so and I knew in my mind when I came up here, because I'm older, but I thought, well, I can also be, you know, telling people you can do whatever you want, even if it's later in life. If it's something you want to do, make it happen. And I hope to be that inspiration for people to do things because age is a number and really um, passion's a lifetime. And that's kind of how I look at things. Wow. So I'm not, you you know, people don't talk about, you know, age in this industry. And to me, it's, it's here nor there. I'm in my sixties. And so I, I started this thing in the beginning in my fifties 
after having a whole other type of um, type of career. And um, but a lot of that came over. But I'm living what I think I've been doing all my life because I got it from my dad. I grew up. I was daddy's girl. My dad was older, so I learned about vaudeville. I got theater. I got, I got everything, you know, shown to me. And I always had a passion. So when I had jobs, I used to train. I used to do, you know, business continuity plans for disaster recovery. I used to have mock disaster drills. I used to do a lot of stuff, and I've always thought outside the box. And I think that when you can think outside the box, you're going to be you're going to be better off. You really are. And I kind of that's how I've always, that's how I've always done things. And you know, and and I made it in some way or another. I made it. I made things work. So I mean, it's just been an interesting road for me to be able to do something like this that most people, you know, um, don't have. I was just very fortunate enough to meet somebody and be willing to work with him and him. And we each seeing that we have something in each other and what we can offer because it is wow. teamwork. Yeah, so it's for sure. kind of it's kind of an interesting story. I mean, most people look at me like I'm crazy, and you know I fell off the end of the earth, but I really didn't. <laughs> uh, Judy Carmen's our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. We got about uh, 15 minutes here left, Julie. Uh, Judy, and uh, the interesting thing is, uh, Judy, we actually uh, I actually booked you in April. Um, I was going to say I booked mm-hmm. you. Uh, Two months before your 21st birthday, but you mentioned that you're in 60, so I can't, uh, I, I can't uh, bribe you that way because you well, already Well, I really kind uh, of say I'm 38, so yeah, I know. I, I'm being honest on your show, but I always kind of hang out at the 38 year. 38 and holding, I like that. But I'm going to introduce you to yeah. uh, uh, a man that really would like to work with you eventually if you ever do a wrestling movie. Uh, his name is uh, Matthias, the Nightmare. Uh, what do you have for our guest, sir? Uh, uh, Matthias, go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias here. Welcome to my part of the segment of the show. Um, I guess one of my main questions to you would be, and I don't know if you get this very often, but, uh, you know, you may walk around in life and you may ask somebody on the street and they may say, well, they, you ask them who their hero is, and it could be just about anybody. Sometimes it's it could be you, it could be whoever. Uh, who is one of your heroes and one of your biggest influences uh, growing up to get you to where you where you were today? Honestly, I have to say this with all my heart and soul, my father. Because my father taught me so many things about life and people. And I learned from a small businessman who knew everybody in town and as humble as can be. And I say that because one of the things that I realized later after I lost him is the fact that years later, people still remembered my dad and they would tell stories. And I think to myself in this day and age, most people barely know who you are when you're alive, less than when you're gone. And I've learned a lot of humility no matter what you do and whatever you do it's like you do something ethical you do it with your heart and I learned how to be very centered that way and and to follow myself and not go off the deep end of saying people that what I call sell your soul to the devil which you don't mean to but you get caught up in things and so I really have to honestly say with my it was my dad because he was just 
one of these people that everybody trusted, everybody, and he was just a small businessman, yet he used to tell me he had very well-to-do customers. But he said, well, they put their pants on like I do, one leg at a time. And so I learned to just, like, respect people and understand the networking and how really um, people need really to work together. And it's not about any one thing. And and also the other thing he taught me, and I still follow this, is never make money your God. And I learned that from my mom and my dad because money is good for the right reasons, but it can be not good for reasons. But you have to you have to be able to have your humility and and you know and give to society because God forbid if somebody you know you get a disease and, it, and there's no cure you're going to die you may live longer a little bit because of treatments you can afford but you're not you know what I'm saying it won't cure it so I, I try to follow those things in life I really really do <coughs> uh, we have uh, Judy Carmen's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM and uh, everybody knows that if you go to our our Facebook page, Addison Air, Monday Live Monday, you like that? Go to 89.1 Kens FM page, like that? Do attend our month donation for hours. Hour. We'll get you an automatic call if I win a autographed picture or some memorabilia from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And I believe that uh, Judy would be willing to send us a few for uh, giveaways, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and you should be having those in the mail. Perfect. Awesome. So now one thing I do want to ask you, uh, Judy, is you have uh, you own your own production company, uh, and I believe it's called uh, Dream Cinema uh, well, Productions. Well, it's not mine. Yeah, I work, I work for the production company. It's actually the CEO and the founder. His name is Ray Michaels Kiroga. He also goes by Racer Michaels. He is the CEO and lead producer, and I work directly for him in his company. Okay, and then uh, with uh, okay, and now being being a co co producer, I mean you have a lot of responsibilities, uh, uh, you know, whether it be promoting the film or working on the film, uh, which is why I want to talk to you about uh, your uh, current project. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. on this. Uh, uh, your current project, I believe, is coming out in 2023. Is called Night Mistress. Is that correct? Yes, yes. We're just we're actually Night Mistress. We're just having it. Um, we're just finishing that up. We're in the very last end of it. It's probably in the next few weeks going in to distribution. We're going to have distribution with um, Glass House Entertainment. They're taking the, uh, the distribution on it, and it will be um, domestic and international. And this particular one, we kind of got caught in the middle of COVID as we were finishing it, so it took a little bit longer to get done. It is actually a film that we did, and it is kind of it's kind of interesting because it has it's a co- kind of a 50s 60s comic book type movie and we have a female heroine in it and um it it has actually um Tracy Coco who was Lieutenant J in um Star Trek and we also have Sharon Winters in it and she was original cat girl uh, excuse me yeah cat girl back in the day and we have a couple screen queens in it uh, Brink Stevens and Debbie Dutch, and basically it's a story of um, an actress whose fiance is killed by the underworld. And so what she does is she creates six different characters that she's seen in a magazine, and she and to get rid of the underworld. And so she's the heroine in it. Now the other very cool part about this is is we also have a video game. 
we have video people that are under contract with us, and they're creating a video game based upon the movie, and we're almost got that ready to go, and we have, we have Sony PS5 looking at that um, for distribution on that particular film. So we have, a, we have a video game that's based on the movie, and we kind of build a franchise with it. So we're going to have – we have a board game. We're going to have a digital game. We're going to have some toys. So we're kind of building a separate franchise of Night Mistress as well as the film. Now I, I got to ask this about uh, now this, the the video game came out of the concept in the movie, correct? Yes. Yes. Now uh, when you uh, when they call when PlayStation called you up and say, hey, we like to do a video game uh, based on your movie, how did, how did that come about? Were you like, yeah, let's do that? Well, or like, no. Really? Well, no, they didn't call. They didn't call us. Actually, we have the video game programmers that work for Dream Cinema, that built the game. So we're going to take that game to Sony. And we contacted Sony, and Sony said, we're interested in looking at it. But we actually have programmers that we had create that game that work for us. Now, uh, will, you, uh, will you be doing any voices in the game at all? Yes, there will be voices in the game based on the characters, yes. Well, well, do you, are you yourself specifically going to be doing a voice in the game? Am I going to be? Do, no, that particular film, for the most part, I was a co-producer on that particular film. I have a scene in it where it's just a kind of a cameo type of scene for myself in it. I wasn't really acting in that particular one. I was taking on the co-producer um, position in that particular movie. You know that that's really awesome. Now, when is when are you scheduled to have the movie released? Do you have a a, a date we, set or when you want to release it? I don't it? have a date. Well, no, I don't have a date yet. The date will be once we get it over to um, the distribution. Then they'll set out the dates of when things get released. But hopefully, in the next few months, um, it will it will start going it will start going out there. But we're also working on another movie right now, a totally different movie that we're going into production in the beginning of um, 2023. And this particular film is called Death Realm, The Haunting Begins. And this one is a bigger budget film that we're working on. This one, this one's going to be a SAG film. And we have, um, right now, we're just getting our lawyers together, doing all the paperwork to get our actors um, on this. But right now, the ones that we have that have seen our script and want, want to do the movie, and we're looking at everybody's schedule to see if we can fit everybody in. But this particular movie, we've got, um, we've got Mark Hamill. We've got Lee Arnberg. We've got um, Robert Picardo, Doug Jones. And right now, we have who wants to do it also. He's seen the script. He's interested. And that's Kevin Bacon. And that one's going to film outside of Las Vegas. Now, are you, and that's um, our next movie. Are, are you uh, are you looking for uh, extras in the film? Because I know that uh, me and Matthias would uh, love to come work for you. Well, we are going to have some. We are going to have. Obviously, we're going to have extras in the film. Some of them, some of them will probably be from here. A lot of them are going to be also out of um, out of um, out of the Las Vegas area. Um, but we are going to obviously have extras. Every film has obviously have extras extras in them. But it's supposed to. So we haven't got the. Everybody's uh, every, all that signed up yet. We're working on that right now, but that's going to start in um, in the early part of twenty twenty three. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I, uh, Matthias, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but uh, you'd be willing to uh, uh, take a little trip out there to help her out, right? At any point in time, just got to give me details, and I'm down there. And then uh, we'll okay. entertain everybody. We'll have lightsaber battles with, uh, with Luke Skywalker. I'm sure I'm sure you're going to be standing in line for that one. <laughs> and of course, Granny would love to be an extra too, Icon. Don't forget about me. Well, well yeah, I know. Well, well you want to go, go to hang out with Kevin. You want to go there to hang out with Kevin Bacon. I know that. Well, that would be cool too. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, she she wants yeah, to uh, show. She wants to teach Kevin Bacon, uh, you know, how to do some more dance moves that he didn't do with Footloose. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that icon, but, you know. Oh, Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Uh, Judy uh, Judy Carmen's our guest here. We we got about uh, three minutes here with Judy. Now, if our fans want to check you out and see, you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I've got right now, I've got um, what I have up right now. Obviously, I have my Facebook. And if you put my name in, Judy, and last name is K-A-R-M-A-N, I pretty much pop up first. Um, so I'm out there. And anybody who wants to Facebook me, just send me a message with it that you, you know, heard me on the radio show. And um, and as far as I give you, like, if anybody's interested in, you know, sending me an email or whatever, my email is judy.dcp, as a dog, cat, peanut, um, at gmail.com. And uh, if someone wants to email me for for any you know questions or anything that's that's going on with us, but yeah, so it's kind of going to be a good. I'm really looking forward to 2023. Um, like I said, it's been a little tough after um, COVID and everything, and so just looking forward to heading into the new year. Uh, you know, and the and the cool thing is, I mean, you know, you just gave your email address, but hey, I got your phone number, mm-hmm. so I. Well, I know you want me to stop calling, but uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll work on that. Oh, you can call me. No. <laughs> okay. Hey, you heard it here. It's it's you. recorded. She said I could call. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, you know I'll tell you what, uh, Judy, you have been uh, you have been so awesome. And uh, what we would like to do uh, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, we do like to joke around a lot on the show. But uh, <laughs> Matthias and I and Granny are serious. We would like to come uh, and be extras for you. Uh, like for me, I know those guys would require a, a little money, but uh, me, as long as you give me a couple hot dogs and a place to sleep on the set, uh, I'll, I'll come out and I'll do anything you need me to do. Okay, I will definitely, I will definitely pass it off when we start getting to that position um, of getting figuring out what we're going to do about like our extras group and so on, and that's going to be really within the next month or so that we'll figure out what we're what we're doing on that. There's just, you know, the funny part is there's just so many pieces to the puzzle that it's kind of like a big old project plan. So we'll be working, we'll be working on that in the next month or so. So I will, All right. I will let you know on that and uh, where, and you, you know, where we're going to be filming. And then do you have a, uh, do you have a, uh, do you have a filming uh, uh, schedule on how, how many uh, days you'll be filming this? Um, this is probably, what's the thing with this is we, we, um, even though I'm obviously on set the whole time, we bring people in at different times and so on. This is probably like a 30-day shoot. 
Oh, okay. All right. So well, we bring hey, different I, groups I, of I people. It's not for the days. whole thirty days. We film people. We film people out. So, I mean, obviously, I'm there for thirty days, but um, everybody's brought in it. it you know, at intervals because we don't film it as it's a script. You film out different people at different times and schedules and so on. So that's set up for what we need on certain, you know, certain days. So yeah, but it's going to be a th- about a thirty day about a thirty day shoot. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Judy, you have you are so awesome, and I, I just can't thank you enough for uh, taking time out of your well, schedule to be I with us tonight. You, you are so awesome. Me. This is a great group. I mean, this is I love this. It's just a variety. It's it's great. So thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, we love you, Judy, and uh, any uh, autographs you can send, we appreciate. And you are wonderful, and we're definitely going to have you on again. And uh, I will. I promise to stop calling you at two in the morning. I promise. Oh, no. well, okay, make it, you know, make it four. It's okay. <laughs> okay, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. We love you. Thank you for being with us. You're very All welcome. Right. All okay. right, Judy Bye-bye. Carmen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our next guest is waiting. We've got to take a quick little uh, break here. After we hear these messages, uh, we will be back and... Uh, we uh, will have our final guest after we hear these messages. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the funniest man that ever hit the comedian stage. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He's going to tickle everybody's funny bone right now on 89.1 Ken's FM. He is Tyler Morrison. Hey, this is Tyler Morrison. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare Matthias. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Tyler, how are you? Thanks for joining us tonight. So here's how we're going to do this, Tyler. Uh, we're going to sure. have to give us a little background about yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a few sure. questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we're going to come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the tougher questions. Okay, okay. Hopefully they're not too tough for uh, PG Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Give us a little background. Okay, so, yeah, my name's Tyler Morrison. I'm a stand-up comedian. I am based out of... Uh, Toronto, Canada. I live actually a little bit further north, um, kind of in the sticks. But uh, that's where I started comedy, and it's my home comedy city in Toronto. I've been doing stand-up for 20 years, and uh, I was always a big wrestling fan growing up and got into uh, some of these uh, comedy roasts, and some of the comedy roasts that I've been able to uh, go in on have been uh, roasts of uh, some of the wrestling legends, like the Iron Sheik. So I was able to do uh, multiple roasts of, of the Iron Sheik uh, at different venues. And also, I recently just uh, did the roast of Ric Flair in Nashville. Uh, so th- these are some of the, the fun things that I've got to uh, experience in, in uh, comedy that are also wrestling adjacent. 
but yeah, I'm a I'm a dad. I got two kids and a wife, and uh, and yeah, I just love doing stand up and traveling all over and meeting all types of different comedy fans from all over the world. Uh, Tyler Morrison's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got 27 minutes here with uh, Tyler. So one question I do want to ask you, you know, actually the first time I actually heard uh, uh, your stuff was on Sirius XM uh, on my satellite radio, and I, I, I thought I just thought that you were you were funny. I, I almost uh, hit, a, hit a tree uh, pulling off to the side <laughs> of the road because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> but uh, what, yeah. uh, what is your favorite part about uh, uh, performing up on stage? Um, I just think like the instant connection that you have with the comedy fans, the second you tell, you know, when you tell a joke, you get that instant feedback. It's not like uh, anything else, you know what I mean? You can write a script or a movie or TV show, but you know, it takes time to put that into production with stand up, You can get right up there and uh, you can hit them with some jokes. And if they like it, they'll laugh. If they don't, hopefully you don't have any bottles coming at you like Jeff Healy and Roadhouse. <laughs> Well, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, and, uh, well, I, actually, I'm going to say that for one of my tougher questions because uh, uh, okay. uh, I, I, do have a, I do have a lot of tougher questions. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, actually break format for a little bit. I'm actually going to sure. uh, uh, have my co-host ask you a question first, and I'm going to follow up with uh, what they ask you. Uh, but, Granny, no I, I know that you love comedians. I know that uh, I believe your favorite comedian of all time is uh, – Sylvester J. Fox, what do you have for our guest here? Go ahead, Granny. Well, I don't like Sylvester J. Fox, and you know that. And as far as him being a comedian, I don't know about that either. But (laughs) But I'm I'm glad to hear that you're a wrestling fan, too, because I am a wrestling fan as well. I'm not a wrestler, but I am a huge wrestling fan. I love the sport. Love the independent wrestling shows, and I have a lot of fun when I go. Now, you were talking about doing a roast for Ric Flair. What was that like? Well, that was that was really interesting because it was, uh, to me, like Ric Flair is such an iconic uh, person in wrestling, and he is an over-the-top persona. And I always, you know, I like to be, like, on stage, I'm kind of like a villain. <laughs> Even though I'm kind of nice off stage, but on stage I can be, you know, a little bit more dark and, and uh, dirty. And also, like, it's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of, like, a showmanship to it. And I always appreciated Ric Flair's uh, promos and, and the way that he um, presented himself. So, I, like, I would watch Ric Flair promos just to get pumped up, <laughs> like, during the day. And then a friend of mine, he hit me up, and he's like, listen, uh we're in talks right now about the Ric Flair roast. I'm like, oh, this is so big. To me, it was like the Super Bowl of roasts because I'm such a big fan. Um, going in there was, uh, it was a, you know, every time you do a roast with these celebrities and stuff, it's kind of like a circus environment. But with the Flair roast, there's just something extra to it. It was in Nashville. It was attached to a meaningful weekend uh, as part of his, you know, his last match was happening that last weekend. So it was, you know, kind of a special occasion with all these people coming in to celebrate Rick. And, uh, I remember that be, event. Yeah, and getting to be part of that, and and really like as a wrestling fan, I got to be, you know, kind of a fly on the wall. Like I I was I wrote some jokes for Rick at the roast, which he didn't use any of the jokes. Sometimes, you know, they you you have to write them for them, but uh, you've, I figured he wouldn't use any. <laughs> um, but the, they um, 
and I was writing some jokes uh, for Wendy Barlow, uh, Rick's uh, he's, his girlfriend and ex, uh, and now I guess they're back together. Uh, but I was writing some jokes for her too, so I got to know them a little bit before the roast, and then I got to ha- meet a few people in their inner circle, and, and I just, after the roast, I got to hang out and just be part of it and be part of that kind of like inner inner circle, but be like a fly on the wall. Like I'm not saying too much. I'm just enjoying watching everyone interacting with him and, and coming and paying respects to this legend. It was, it was such a cool time uh, down there. I had a lot of my independent wrestling friends that I know personally were actually at that event. I mean, several, several, several. I mean, that's what I love about, that's what I love about the wrestling because, I'm not related to any of these guys, but mm-hmm. they're all my friends. I consider each one of them family, whether they're bad guy, good guy, whatever. You know, they're all my extended family, and I've known a lot of them for many years. And I tell you, I just I love I love the sport. I mean, one of my favorite tag teams of all times is Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, and Yes. My husband and I actually, uh, Ricky and Robert, were doing an autograph signing in Arkansas, where I live, and okay. they were doing a, a, a wrestling uh, signing for to raise money for um, to get uh, service dogs for veterans, which I thought was cool. And and Robert, he actually. I, I didn't even ask if I could wear it, but he actually put his WWE Hall of Fame ring on my finger for the picture. And I'm standing there with my hand up wearing the ring, and he's holding my hand. And I tell you, that was just, that was a huge honor for me. I mean. Oh, totally. That's so cool. Yeah, I met some guys from uh, from Arkansas and uh, down south, some wrestling guys uh Mr. Saturday Night, you know Mr. Saturday Night. Michael Barry, yep, I, yeah, he. I've known Barry Linda probably for close to twenty-five years. Jason Jones, the Space Cowboy, I Both believe was there. Yes, I love those dudes. I partied with them all weekend. We went to SummerSlam together. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I met them at the roast. Barry, and, uh, I, I tell you, Barry, with. he, I, I tell you, Barry is one of my best friends. In the whole entire world, I mean, I know his wife. I they have a beautiful daughter, and I've watched their daughter grow up. And I've known Barry for many, 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 many years. Barry, there was a company that actually ran in Arkansas called Traditional Championship Wrestling, and they okay. used to um, they still show the old TV episodes in the Little Rock area. But Barry and I had many a fun times over the years at TCW. Uh, you know, he was part of a tag team with all that Alan Steele, Genetic Perfection, and uh, they were like heel. They were heels, you know, for the most part. And you know, I mean, Barry would rip up my posters and just oh, I yeah, I I have a lot of I have a lot of fun memories, but um. And I still, even to this day, even though TCW doesn't run anymore, I still, to this day, I still will have people come up and ask me to say, "Hey, aren't you, aren't you that lady? Aren't you that lady from TCW?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, because <laughs> we actually, we actually went to 
Nashville in September of 2013 when they opened for the Tennessee State Fair. And God love them, I tell you, because I had not had my first knee replacement done at the time yet, so I was having to walk with a cane. So they made arrangements for me to park, like, right by the building so I didn't have to walk all the way across the fairgrounds. And they always took such good care of me. I mean, when we would, I mean, they, and they would make sure that I was in the front row in the center seat facing the cameras because they knew that the wrestlers would come and interact with me and they knew I would interact with them. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of great times. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Tyler Morrison's our guest here. We're we're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 23 minutes here with Tyler. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've definitely got some questions to ask you about uh, the Ric Flair roast because uh, I know some of my friends put that on. But uh, before we do that, I want to uh, introduce you to our our other resident funny man. Uh, His name is Matthias, the modern nightmare. He's a nightmare on stage because, well, anyway, (laughs) uh, I'll let him explain that. Uh, What do you got for our guest there, uh, Nightmare? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one. <laughs> oh, my God, who the hell undisputed, Current reigning, defending, undisputed <laughs> EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias here. Uh, welcome to my part of the show. Uh, I would guess I'd have to say <clears throat> my main question to you would be is uh, – have you ever had to deal with many uh, hecklers throughout your career? And what would be one of the ways that you personally were able to uh, get rid of them or just forget about them and stuff like that throughout your career? Sure, yeah. I mean, definitely uh, earlier on in my career, I think I faced more hecklers because you're just playing in more unpoliced environments, I guess. There's no, never any security. Even in comedy clubs, there isn't a lot of security guards um or anything like that so you do have to sort of control the crowd yourself i remember um like one of my early lines just like what i would do is like if a heckler yelled out at me i would say something like uh, that's good let me hear just the people with jobs now and then I'd hold the mic out to the crowd and then the crowd would all cheer and like it would just like you know swallow up the person that's heckling so you got to turn everyone against them and make them feel really small and that was always fun to do um, just because, you know, then they, they realize that they're kind of all alone. They're powerless in that situation. They didn't, they can't take control away from the comedian. Um, other times, you know, sometimes you get a little bit more, you know, into it back and forth and that can escalate things. It just depends. Each heckler kind of has their own, um, I guess, uh, kind of code that you have to unlock while you're dealing with them. <laughs> and there's certain ways, I mean, certain things, the ways that I deal with hecklers, I probably couldn't even say on the radio or whatever, but definitely it's, if you do not address the heckler when it's time to, you'll lose face with the audience. And I remember I was, there's one um, where I just, I was, I was in Niagara Falls, Canada at the Yuck Yucks Comedy Club and my opener was getting heckled, and he didn't want to go too hard because I think he was worried about disrupting the show. And I personally don't care about that. Like, that's fine. Like, you, if you've got to deal with the heckler, you deal with them. Um, but he, he kind of let it go. And so I knew it was coming up when it was my turn. But I couldn't see him. He was in this, like, dark part of the club. And 
I couldn't see any, like, I couldn't see any of his features or anything about him. And he was giving fake information when you ask him questions. So it made it real kind of uh, frustrating for myself and for the audience to have this person interrupting when there's not much you can go off of. And I knew that if I had, like, if I had went back to my show and didn't squash the heckler right then and there, um, that I um, that I would lose the crowd, like they would lose their respect in me. And I so I had I went back one more time and I drew out just enough information to squash them. So it's like sometimes you just can't give up. And I can't say what I said to them on the air because <laughs> it'll probably get you guys knocked off. But um, it was it's definitely one of those things. Thank where you for that. You have you have to. Uh, you know, stay, stay in control of the show because you're the leader of the party. And when you're a comedian, they want, they, they want to follow the leader. They just want to follow a good leader. So you can't be someone that shows any weakness while you're up there, especially with like comedy. That's, you know, maybe a little bit more hard hitting or pushing the buttons. If they sense any weakness, then you're going to lose their respect and, and they won't follow you. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Morrison's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and uh, we got about uh, 19 minutes. I wish it was 19 years because uh, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're just you're just amazing. But one thing I do want to ask you about uh, when you did the um, and now I'm going to uh, talk uh, continue a little bit more about hecklers. I know you 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 kind of uh, uh, explained it, but there's one situation I want to ask you about. Uh, now yes. when you uh, when you did the roast Rick Flair, I'm sure you met a good friend of mine, uh, Conrad Thompson, right? I did meet Conrad Thompson. He was one of the people who organized the uh, the whole event. Great guy. And uh, we've had him on the show a couple times, and not that anybody cares, but we had a, a couple uh, on the show a couple times. And I said, uh, "So you have a uh, you have a daughter with a famous last name, don't you?" He said, uh, "Our wife with a famous last name." He said, "Yeah, her last name is Thompson." I'm like, "Well, okay." Uh, what a lot of people don't know about Conrad is his father-in-law is. Rick Flair, and yes. uh, his sister-in-law is Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when you uh, actually were doing the event, uh, and you know you're meeting all these guys like Eric Bischoff and uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Tony Schiavone, uh, Jim Ross. Uh, w- when you first met these guys, because I knew I'm sure you knew who they were beforehand, but when you, when you yes. actually are standing face to face with these guys. Are, are, are you like awestruck, or do you just like they're just uh, they're just people? That's a good question. There's certain people that I will be a little bit like in awe of because it's, yeah, I grew up watching them or whatever. Like like Conrad wasn't someone like that like to me because you know he's not really like a nostalgic figure in wrestling to me, but he is an important figure in wrestling. I think he's great. Um, so I was excited to meet him just, you know, from knowing what he's doing and, and, uh, and all that. But, uh, with like, for me, it was like, I was like more su- surprised maybe how I was like, I, I was in awe of like Eric Bischoff, to be honest, like Bischoff to me is one of the greatest heels ever in wrestling. I think he, I enjoyed him so much when during the, uh, you know, the Monday night wars, and the uh you know when he was uh with the NWO and all that i i just really had a blast uh watching him as a kid and and seeing like how he was he was just such a good heel and uh and getting and getting to meet him in person i was like i thought that was really cool he's one of the people i was like most excited to meet and it took a little bit i think for him to kind of you know 
warm up to me or anything like that. And then we started having like pretty good conversations and, and hit it off a little bit. It was, uh, so Bischoff was one of my favorite people that I met there. I think he's just excellent. Uh, Rick Flair obviously is a living legend. Uh, so it was like super cool to be around him and meet him. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, oh, I met Brett the Hitman Hart and Brett the Hitman Hart is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I don't think he was like too excited to meet me because <laughs> it wasn't like. Well, you guys was, are both little... Canadian. Yeah, yeah, but like he didn't see the roast, so he didn't really know who I was. Like, so I was probably just some drunk guy. Like, hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> I was just a total mark, <laughs> <laughs> which is okay. But I'm like, no, everyone else. I kind of they either saw me at the roast or they were introduced to me by someone who had seen me at the roast, so it was like a warm intro, but no one had introduced me to Brett, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be in this, like, little bar with Brett the Hammond and Hart and not say hi. I don't care. i got to introduce myself. And then the, I, he couldn't have been further from impressed to meet me, but that's all right. Like, you know, I still got to say, say hi to Brett Hart and, and show some respect. That guy was one of the greatest, and uh, and I always uh, appreciated watching, watching him wrestle. He was a, such an awesome, uh, you know, entertainer and wrestler. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, we've had a lot of members of the Hart family uh, on our show. We've had his brothers, we've oh, had cool. his ex-wife, uh, but uh, for some reason he uh, he's always too busy to join us. I think maybe it's because of me. He doesn't want to meet me too. I'm with you on that. Uh, we have uh, Tyler Morrison as a guest here. We got uh, 15 minutes here. And for those of you who listen to our show regularly, if you go to Facebook page, add us to our Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to uh, 89.1 Kent FM, like that. Do a $10 a month uh, donation power the tower. We get you qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, Tyler, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Oh yeah, for sure, no problem. Awesome. I'll uh, I'll send you that information. You'll have to give them away because uh, <laughs> no one's buying them. <laughs> well, no, well, yeah, and uh, uh, I'll I'll send you the information uh, on uh, Facebook Messenger when you're done. You know, uh, a lot of people oh, yeah, don't know is I used to be a stand-up comedian and. Um, Oh cool. Uh, I actually put I actually put out a CD uh about 20 years ago it went aluminum. And uh you know uh you know when you uh I was going I was going uh, we won't touch on it too much because it it's still kind of a depressing thing but we finally I think we finally turned the corner but how did uh, covid affect uh, your career? Oh my god. I mean I got to sit at home and drink every day <laughs> for a while. So, I mean, that it didn't affect it too much. It's just like, you know, the same old – actually, it was tough. It was tough with the not being able to get on stage. I wrote just as much as what I normally would write, but uh, getting – you know, there's no outlet for it other than social media. And doing the Zoom shows, that wasn't really very fun to me. Um, but – I did uh, actually get to uh, do some cool stuff with uh, comedy in the metaverse. We kind of, we created uh, a thing called decentral comedy and we started doing stand-up shows that we were producing from different cities where it was like not locked down anymore. So like in New York, it was, it was you know, it was open before it was in Canada. So we were able to produce live shows and stream them into the metaverse for people in different areas of the world to check out. Um, so that was one of the cool things that, uh, you know, I was able to uh, to work on during the, the pandemic. Um, so I guess, you know, when there's when there's roadblocks, you know, you find different ways to uh, get your comedy out there. 
but I mean, it's it's nice. You know, nothing truly replaces performing live. So it's uh, on one hand, it, it certainly is a nice compliment to uh, what you know the live comedy and in, in real life stuff that we can do. But but it, it it doesn't replace it. It's just a it's a cool. Um, uh, medium for us to to put out content on as well. And then, do you have a do you have a venue preference? Like, uh, would you prefer like a small little comedy club with say like a hundred people? Uh, do you prefer like a, a cruise ship where the audience are different every night, or it could be the same people, or like a, like a big venue like a Carnegie Hall? Do you have like a preference? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think like a comedy club of like two hundred people is is a nice. 200, 300 people where it's just, they're into it. It gives you a nice rhythm. Um, depends on your, on your style, but like with my style, I do find, you know, there's a lot of set up punch jokes and stuff. So getting that hang time on the laugh is nice. Doing it in the theater is always, it's fine, but it's, uh, I do like the, uh, the energy of a club. There's, it's like a, with the theater, there's like these, these long waves of laughs. And then I don't. I find like if the venue's too small, it's a, it's a little bit more work. It's uh, the reaction that you're getting back and forth from the crowd when you're telling jokes. It's like you if we're just standing face to face throwing a ball back and forth. That'd be a small club. But then if you're playing like a theater, it's like throwing a football across the field. And then by the time it comes back, that's when the laughs come back. So a little bit in between uh, the huge theater and the small club is is, is what I like. 200, 300 people is awesome. You know, we used to have a we used to have a comedy club here in Fargo uh, called Courtney's, and uh, what we had a comedian here, and he was uh, uh, this one guy got so upset that he was heckling that he just walked out, and then he was telling us he was telling us a story about how uh, he's at this club in New York, I believe it was, and he said uh, he uh, uh, this guy uh, got stormed out and got so mad he left and. Uh, uh, he went out to look at his car. Of course, you know, as a comedian, um, you know, if you're not from New York and you got a different license plate, they pretty much can pick out your car. And uh, <laughs> he mentioned that uh, he, he comes out and says, he comes back in the club and says, you know, someone peed on my car. And then the bartender says, oh, that that must have been Mark. He does that to every comedian he doesn't like. How would you handle a situation like that? And you think the club should uh, not allow that to go on? I mean, if I walked out and saw a guy taking a whiz on my car i'd probably bash him in the head <laughs> we'd be fighting for sure it's uh you know i don't mind the good scrap i'm, <laughs> I'm a hockey guy <laughs> well but, have, I mean, you, have you ever had a situation like that when someone did that or like uh you know you know i'm sure you don't mind if they walk out but uh you know as long as they're not like doing anything physical harm or anything but has that ever happened to you where, where, like, it escalates into, like, violence and stuff. I mean, I've had a few fights after shows and stuff like that where, you know, someone wants to get at it. Like, I had a guy break a beer bottle. He's trying to get at me after a house party show one time. And so that someone disarmed him, and then uh, he had a friend with him, and uh, my friend and I took him to the woodshed. That was just that's just how it goes. <laughs> and then there's another one where, yeah, I got sucker punched outside of a show in Toronto and had to fight a couple guys. And, you know, like that was when I was younger. I haven't had any altercations like that for a while. 
Um, when I did my stand-up special too soon, when I was taping that, there was like some like 70-year-old man that wanted to scrap me after the show. And uh, I was just laughing at him. Because, uh, I mean, he was like, he was very like kind of feeble. It wasn't like he was a threat to me or anything like that. So, but if you if you watch the special, at the end of the special, you can see me walking off stage and this guy starts jawing at me. So I, get, I blow him a kiss, kind of like a bad guy wrestler. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> I just blow him a kiss because I know this is going to ignite him and it's going to like set him off because he was mad the entire show sitting front row during my special taping. And as I walk off, I, don't, I just blow him a kiss and I will start walking away and I'm just smiling. And I don't even see it, but my cameraman picked it up. He flips me off and gives me the middle finger as I'm walking off. And so the cam- I had the camera guy zoom in on the middle finger, and it freeze frames on it, and that's how we end the special. <laughs> it's a pretty punk rock moment. Um, oh, is that, that what that, is that what that means? Because I thought that uh, people, uh, when I'm driving in uh, my t- hometown here, uh, people do that to me all the time. I thought they were telling me I'm number one. Yeah, yeah, you're the best, buddy. <laughs> you're the best of the whole state. The uh, yeah, so there's you know during that during that special there was actually a lot of uh, you know people that are walking out during the show trying to get refunds and <laughs> there's a guy in a wheelchair they carried him out of the show, um, so it was it was something else. The, what was going on all behind the scenes and there's people yelling out at me during the show. You can kind of hear some of it. Because, I like how you said that he's on a wheelchair, but they carried him out. They weren't going to roll the guy out. They carried him out. But he could. <laughs> so I, 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 when they were carrying him out, you're saying, Hey, could you guys roll him down the steps? Yeah. Well, they had to go up, right? <laughs> so it was, yeah, if it was down, it would have been a weekend at Bernie situation. But, uh, no, I've, you know what, like sometimes people sign up, they don't understand what they're coming out to see, and unfortunately, um, you know, that's on them, but you know, you got to, everyone has YouTube now, you can check out who you're coming to watch before the show, you know, you can at least do a little bit of homework, it's not like you're just buying, you know, a lot of people buy tickets just because they're like, oh, it's comedy, and then they go to see a genre, not realizing that there's multiple types of comedy that you might see. And, uh, you know, people got to do their homework before they see go see stand-up. That's for sure. Uh, uh, Ty- Tyler Morrison's our guest here. We we only got a few minutes here, so we can do this here. If our friends want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a uh, uh, bodyguard uh, fundraiser. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can check me out, uh, Tyler Morrison123 on Instagram. Follow me there. I got lots of clips on there. Also, uh, Tyler Morrison one on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up at, uh, on YouTube. Just Google Tyler Morrison. My standup specials on there. You can check that out. It's called too soon. It should be at the top of the search, um, for any tour dates. Uh, most of my stuff right now is in Canada, Tyler Morrison.ca, all that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and yeah, I love, I love coming to uh, to the U.S. and doing shows. So hopefully, I'll be able to get back down there again. Uh, you know, get down into the south a little bit too. I haven't been to the south since uh, since Nashville. Yeah, we yeah we gotta get you to North Dakota. I mean, I mean, we are neighbors. I mean, you know, uh, you know, you're up there in uh, Ontario, and uh, uh, we're here oh, in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh cool. You know. 
I, I don't know if you uh, – uh, th- this is a joke you can use or uh, you can sell it or whatever, but, uh, you know, uh, you're used to winter, I'm sure, like we are here in uh, North Dakota. And uh, one of my favorite things, uh, uh, my jokes about winter is uh, winter's like Justin Bieber. It's cute for a while and can stay in Canada. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> don't let Justin hear that. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's why he doesn't like me to this day. <laughs> yeah, I know that's why he doesn't like me on this day. Uh, we we have a few minutes here now. Uh, before before we sign off with you, uh, what is one piece of advice that you can give to uh, uh, an inspiring comedian that wants to get in uh, get involved in the business? What is one uh, piece of advice that you could give them? Hmm. The, it's it's too bad because the the piece of advice that I would give to a new comedian is the advice that they're going to get from everyone is just write every day and just get on stage as much as possible. That's really like the first you know few years is just the repetition and just get comfortable once you once you're comfortable with the silence and you know because when you tell a joke if you don't get a laugh it's very you know not comfortable when you, if you can get comfortable with that. You can start to control it, and you can start using that tension to build up bigger laughs. Tension can be your friend, and you just have to understand how to play with it. And so, yeah, I'd say, you know, write every day, get on stage, and just get comfortable up there. And the more comfortable you are, the better you're going to be. You're going to become yourself on stage. You're going to become the persona that you are trying to be up there, and uh, and. Don't give up. Don't let don't let people tell you you can't do it because there's a lot of uh, negative people in comedy, and they will try and suck you down. And don't listen to them. If you really want this, you can have it. And it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. It's like the Forrest Gump when he's running and he's got the leg braces on. <laughs> Eventually they break <laughs> off, and, you know, you'll be flying after that. But it sometimes it takes people a long time. And I've seen guys, I've seen comics where it's taken them 15 years. I've seen comics that's taken them 20 years and then they hit their stride. So Lewis Black didn't hit his stride until he was much older. So you just, you never know when it's going to click. But if you believe in yourself and you care about it and you love doing it, you have to enjoy the journey and like, all the aspects to it. Cause if you're just trying to get onto certain things, like I need to get onto this show or get to this, get this gig or whatever. If you don't have fun in between and like actually enjoy the process, you'll never enjoy the actual, you know, um, goals that you're trying to get to. They, Cause those don't last forever. It's, you know, you're up there for 15, 20 minutes, you know, if you're lucky it's 40, but you, you have to, you, Enjoy what it is and, and be in it for the right reasons. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I appreciate you, Tyler. You're awesome, and I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, you are an inspiration. If we haven't scared you uh, way too much, we'd definitely like to have you back on again because uh, I, I did book you almost a year ago to the stage. So uh, you're <laughs> yeah. awesome, and uh, uh, thank you for being with us, and uh, we love everything you do, and thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's great to connect with you guys. Have a great night. All right, Tyler Morrison, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, then we got to hear from uh, 
Uh, the Resident Genius will be back after we hear these messages. Tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. and join me, Joel Snary Night, as my music from outer space gets intercepted by your eardrums. We've got rock. We've got electronic. We've got old novelty records. We've got pizza. Okay, that technology is still being worked on, so until we can perfect the transmission of a pizza directly to your mouth, for now we can have an hour-long buffet of rock and roll every Friday night. That's Rock and Roll Space Station, Fridays at 8 p.m., right here on the best station in all Oh, the galaxy and Fargo, of course. Ken's FM. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, Big Swing is here, and uh, we uh, we we. You did one to... hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about some Jawas? All right, he's rubbing say, it again. Please hit the button because I was going to log in and do it myself if he did not. So. Well, well, um, we know that you we know that you uh, run the buttons. So even though you're not here, we know you still like to play the stuff. So, anyway, uh, so uh, uh, the Vikings did take a bath uh, uh, this weekend. Um, uh, however, uh, our season is definitely not over, and uh, one no, game is not going to define us. But uh, how do you think? Uh, and I'm not being a I'm not being a wiseacre on this, but. Uh, how, how do you think uh, the Cowboys' season is going to finish with all this stuff going on? Well, it's funny. Um, I, I'm I'm super busy today. I'm down in Brooklyn uh, covering the the Empire Classic basketball. But I had my show this morning, and on my sports show this morning, obviously this is the talk of the town. Everyone wants to talk about this game because it was so lopsided and so crazy. Um, I I never know with the Cowboys. I mean, I knew from day one they had the talent to be one of the top teams. Um, but Cowboys tend to do Cowboy things. And when I say that, you look at that 14-point lead in Green Bay that evaporated okay, in the fourth quarter. Then they go all the way down to overtime. You get offsides on the offense. When's the last time you've ever heard that called? And then a, a phantom holding call out of nowhere. They shoot themselves in the foot. They go forward on fourth down on a makeable field goal. Don't get it. Rodgers comes down and scores. They just you know, last year on Thanksgiving against the Raiders, they had like 17, 18 penalties or something like that for like 200-something yards. So I just think that the Dallas Cowboys have a very good shot with their talent to go all the way this year, at least make it to the big game if they don't get in their own way. That's really – and I've been saying that all morning. If they don't get in their own way with crazy, stupid penalties and just – completely disappearing in clutch moments, uh, I, I think they'll be a contender. I, I think that they'll be one of those teams that, you know, is, is going to be a tough out for, for anybody. Well, let's see. What, uh, what's, the, uh, what's, the, what's the next game you guys got up? Uh, I believe it's Wednesday, well, we're, right? We're, no, or Thursday. On, uh, thir- on Thanksgiving, yep. We've got the New York Giants, who we've beat already. Um, the Giants kind of got exposed a little bit by the Lions, uh, but the Giants shouldn't be shouldn't be that hard. See, I look at the Giants. I look at Minnesota and the Giants as carbon copy teams, except Minnesota has the better receivers. Minnesota has obviously Jefferson and Thielen and and uh, their their new guy there, um, Hawkinson. Uh, the Giants have nobody. I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't name you a Giants wide receiver. So what do you do? You stack the box. You stop Saquon Barkley. You make Daniel Jones beat you. We sacked him five times last time. I'm not worried about the Giants. I think that they just were smoking mirrors early. They got off to a hot start. 
I'm not worried about the Giants. Then we've got a big Sunday night matchup against well, the Well, both Colts. teams are 7-3. and three. That, that is true. Uh, but the Giants also have played nobody. Giants still have to play us again, the Eagles twice, the Commanders again. I mean, so Giants are in trouble. We've got the Colts then on the fourth. And then after that, we've got Houston, Jacksonville, Philly again, Tennessee, and Washington. So, honestly, I'm looking at this as, what are we now, 7-3. and three. I could see 12-5. and five. I'm not going to be cocky and go 13-4. and four. I'll say... I'll say we'll drop one of these games, maybe the the other Philly game, and then maybe Tennessee or possibly that Colts game or, or one that you just don't expect. I mean, possibly even Thursday. Who knows? But I think 12-5 and five is how we finish and uh, we'll be a, a wild-card team in the playoffs. Uh, Matthias, I know you want to ring on this. Go ahead. Well, I was just taking – I was just yawning really quick. Um, yeah, we did get squashed uh, this Sunday, but – I see us still retaining the top spot in our division, bar none. Uh, we just had a bad game, uh, of course, against a, a decent team. So I'd say, you know, we're making it all the way this year. I have faith in our team. I have faith in Cousins and, and Jefferson and Thielen and Cook and all them. So I just I, – I, we just had one bad slip up. I mean, there's always room for improvement for every – Every single game, so I see us going all the way this year. And we got we got you know, about I, three minutes here be before our, our theme song hits. But uh, you know, well, well, real well, quick here, the Vikings. It, I really do. I'm not. I'm not by any means disparaging Minnesota. I do think that they're good. I just honestly, I was shocked. Like I was a nervous wreck all week, losing to Green Bay, going, oh geez, I would much rather be seven and two than six and three, going against eight and one Minnesota. They just beat Buffalo. It was a nervous wreck all week. So. Honestly, I was shocked. I expected it, if we won, to be a knockdown, dragout grinder, not not the way that it went down. So I, I was I was shocked too. Well, I'll tell you what. If you look at the rest of the Vikings schedule, they play the the Patriots on uh, Thanksgiving. The Patriots are beatable. The only reason why they won this last weekend was a uh, a, la- uh, a run back with five seconds to go. That was the most boring game in history. It was three to three. And then we play the Jets. Uh, uh, the Jets are definitely beatable. Uh, they lost on a, a last-second uh, run back. So then we play the Lions. Uh, I think the Lions will be tough. Uh, we have them uh, there, uh, but we should come out on top on that one. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, well, they could be. Uh, they could be. A, they could, they could be a test. Uh, then we got the the said Giants. I don't think uh, they're going to. Uh, causes any issues uh then we play green bay at green bay in the the frigid cold uh, i'm assuming and then we end the season with chicago so uh i'm gonna say let's see i'll give it what are we uh eight and two right now so nine and two ten and two eleven and two eleven and three uh twelve and three twelve and four thirteen and five i'm gonna say uh, and and, looking, uh, and then, looking at the equal schedule, I don't. I know we're up against it with time, but honestly, I think that that Giants game with Minnesota is going to be uh, the, the the teller for you because I think the Eagles have a couple of tough games coming up down the road. Minnesota could potentially lock up that one seed if Philly slips up a couple of times. Minnesota could lock up that one seed with a win over a playoff team in the Giants. So that's going to be the one I'm keeping the eye on. You, you're definitely well, winning your division. There's no question there. It's just they're going to get the one seed of the two. Right, and let's see uh, who they got left. They got uh, 
Uh, well, they got uh, the Packers, and then they got the Titans, and then the Giants, and then the Bears, and then the Cowboys, and then the Saints, and then the Giants. So, uh, well, it's, uh, I'm going to be pulling for the Saints, pulling for the Cowboys, uh, and uh, I think the Titans might give them an issue. But uh, uh, we we got about uh, two seconds here before our theme music hits. Uh, hopefully, uh, Matthias, uh, you'll be able to join us more often. Uh, we do love when you have us on. We love when you play those little sound effects, too. But uh, uh, until next week, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We love you. Uh, be safe. Love each other. Care for each other. We'll see you next week and every Monday night on 89.1 Kens FM, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on 89.1 Kens FM. And always, we'll see you next week. You think you know me? Oh, Cowboys. <laughs>